0: Hello, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So, Thank you for listening, and now, let's get to my next conversation. Good morning, Marcella. Hi, how are you? I am... You know, I just had a conversation with someone, and I said it's okay not to say that you're fine, but today I am fine. I hit a little bit of a brick wall a few days ago, and I was definitively not fine (laughs) but today I can honestly say that we are holding our own in our world and our in our world we have just been extended um, in business by another few weeks so that creates a little bit of chaos in scheduling and rescheduling appointments but we firmly believe it was the right decision to continue to make an effort to flatten the curve Um, So so we're good because we are otherwise focused. Um, How are you?
1: You know, I can agree with a lot of what you're saying. There are some days where I feel hopeful and at peace and just kind of trying to manage my new routine. And other days I feel really sad and, you know, confused. Um, But, you, you know, today is a good day. I'm grateful to wake up every morning so
0: you know that I just try and look at the 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 small things that bring me joy that's all you can do you know it is true um Marcella you are Marcella Spacuzza you are an AOPI before we get started into our topic of the day tell me a little bit about your AOPI story
1: oh I don't even know where to begin um let me think. So simply, um, I pledged in, um, fall of 2010. So it'll be 10 years, which is kind of wild. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until this moment. Um, but I, I went through recruitment, um, at Southeastern, um, with, uh, a couple of close friends and, um, three of us, I think actually, yeah, three of us got into AOPI and, um, and one of them, I'm, She's my best friend. I was her uh, maid of honor at her wedding. And so we've been able to share this kind of journey together, which has been really nice. Um, But you know, I knew as soon as I went to the A.O.Pi house, um, the first day, I think of fraternal values, I knew I found a special place. I was able to be myself. Um, And I've just met so many beautiful and interesting and smart women. Um, so it's been it's been a joy to call myself an AOPI. It's something I'm still so proud of.
0: And I love that you framed it that way, that you are still so proud of, because we, you know, we always have the conversation that you weren't an AOPI in college, you are an AOPI in college and forever. And I love that this is true. Now, may I ask, who is this friend of yours? Let's give her a shout out on the podcast.
1: She's great we right we actually still live like three minutes away from each other we watch the bachelor every monday um she has a beautiful baby girl now that i love so it's it's great to have um long-lasting friendships through that and i've developed so many i mean probably a majority of my really close girlfriends um are people i've met through aopi yeah
0: i love this but the same is true for me (laughs) yeah yeah Now, Marcella, in the world outside of AOPI, talk a little bit about what you do, because I think it is tremendously important in this particular time for all of us.
1: Well, I am a mental health therapist. Um, I'm what so in the clinical terms, I guess uh, I'm a provisional licensed professional counselor. So that means I'm getting my hours towards full licensure, um, and I've been practicing for about two two years, maybe a little bit more than that. So yeah, that's what I do.
0: <laughs> and so in the real world, because that sounds like a lot of stuff. You will have to forgive me. I'm an accountant. <laughs> what you do is not what I do. Um, tell me what that means on a daily basis that your world looks like.
1: Right. So I am a therapist at the university, that uh, actually at Southeastern. Um, and what that basically means um, is that we see students, faculty, and staff, um, you know, students and their fees, Uh, They pay a fee and they're able to get counseling services without an additional charge. So really, I'm working with college students most, you know, all day long Um, and, and, and from any issue ranging from anxiety and depression to, you know, adjustment issues to maybe something a little bit more deeper, maybe there's some diagnosis in there. Um, But that's really my daily life and I actually do a little um, private practice on the side too. So really just seeing clients, I'm very clinical right now.
0: And so may I ask, are you able to continue doing that? Like now obviously the university has shut down Um, I'm sure I would have been seeing you at Capitol Founders Day as scheduled had we been able to and hopefully we'll all be together again soon when everyone is safe and well but but tell me are you able to still continue to provide some of that support to your students?
1: Yeah um, you bring up a great point so the the university um, and most universities I imagine at least in our area maybe across I mean I'm sure across the nation um, have gone remotely. So online classes, online services, um, really minimizing any face-to-face um, interaction. So we um, have begun uh, offering uh, teletherapy. So therapy, kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, not my favorite, I'll admit. I like being <laughs> in a room with a person. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And um you know, phone check-ins and and teletherapy. And and some students are like, you know what, I'm good. I'll just wait until things kind of get back to normal. So we kind of just meet them where they're at. Yeah.
0: Sure. You know, it's interesting you say that. I had a call yesterday with the international presidents because we were scheduled to be together at a meeting in D.C. before the Hill visits, which of course is not happening. And And she posted on Instagram, maybe Facebook last night, and said, I'll be so glad. I love to give hugs. And I sent her a note and I was like, I will hug you, like as quick as we can all be together again. Because there are some people that don't require that, that really thrive. And then there are some people that really do and are struggling through this. But regardless of of where you are, you know, I am, interestingly enough, naturally an introvert. I uh-huh. I love socializing I love the social aspect of things and um, if anyone knows me well they know I plan for convention two years in advance like on the on the plane home I'm wondering what I can do for next time around and yet at the end of the days I, I do several things that sort of help me recharge and replenish or refill that glass whatever whatever you call that and and yet Even I find that some days, like we were talking about earlier, you just, you hit a brick wall or you just need a little something and, and where we are now, we are recording this on the last day of March, which feels like forever. Oh my gosh, Uh, March, what did you do to us? Someone posted a meme last night and it said, oh, what is today? It's March (laughs) 97th. Yes, that's accurate. And, and so this this episode of the podcast will air in about a week, which means we will have been experiencing several weeks of this. And I find that even now, and, and as much as I hesitate to use the word novel, the novelty of this situation is starting to wear off. You know, it's, it's kind of fun the first week and everyone's like, oh, extended spring break. And then the reality of it sets in and everybody's kind of geared up and excited and and ready to tackle what's ahead. And then you get into the real work of what that looks like. Not that we haven't all been doing real work, but but then the days sort of, much to our, our just, you know, the, the conversation we just had that, that March seemed so long, and, and yet we now know we are looking at several weeks to go of this. Um, you shared some information with our Capita Sisters that came across one of my social media platforms And I very much wanted to invite you to this conversation to share what you think will help us get through when it's not fun anymore or when we have friends that are being impacted by this or know people. Um, I, I worry, you know, twofold. First, what does it look like to be able to manage life as we know it? But then also, what does it look like to do that while you also cannot provide support of a traditional kind to people you know that may be impacted by it. So anything that you have to offer for our sisters as we begin to really get into the depths of this, I would love for you to share.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you pose some really good questions because um, you're right. You know, um, it, it can be, It it was shocking, I think, at first for a lot of people, just this adjustment, but really there was no time to, you kind of just had to act, it was almost like crisis mode, we just had to adjust and do it quickly, Um, and and you're right, now that we have this extension um, you know, nationally until I believe the end of April, I I think is what it is, Um, who knows, it changes every day, but, um, but now it allows us some time to kind of let that sink in. And, you know, I think it looks different for everybody, Um, but, you know, what I've really been encouraging is really just trying to stay present and not going too far in the future. Um, You know, I think if we go too far into the future, it can bring us to a place of really anxiety and panic and fear, and we're already going through that. I think that's normal. We're going to have bursts of that probably throughout the day, you know, or every few days. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's happening for me. Um, and so I think being present, being in the moment, um, finding safety, whatever that looks like for somebody, sometimes that's just the basic needs. I have a home, I have food, I have you know shelter and um, relationships, those kinds of things, and um, you know, if we have those, usually we can, we can kind of look at other things. Okay, am I able to call a friend? Am I able to just complete my task list for that day? And if I don't get it done, well, it's okay. I have my list, and I'll just refer to it tomorrow and complete what I didn't complete.
0: Because um, we do have time like
1: now. That, I know <laughs> that isn't particularly uh, – it's not all this, this clinical fancy stuff, but, but I think keeping it simple can really be helpful.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you say that. The last experience, I will say, of of any type related to this, and it was not a pandemic, was following Hurricane Katrina. And right. we had we did not evacuate because we are in South Mississippi, and the orders did not come out to do so in time. And so literally we would have been stuck on an interstate as she made landfall. And in the aftermath that followed the hurricane, there was no power. Many people did not have water. We were, grocery stores were literally empty. There was not access to the basic necessities. When you talk about food, water, shelter, some people had none of the above. And there was, we were absolutely cut off from, from society because there, even the cell phones weren't the same as they are now. And there were certainly not social media platforms. And, and when when my husband and I were talking the other day we also had an 18 month old and an 18 month old business and it was just i mean i remember feeling like the four walls that we had that were still standing were crashing down around us and when we were talking in comparison and we had it better than most people then and and we we when you look at and compare it to today yes is it a lot yes we we're a small business family it's it's a lot to absorb to your point it's hard not to think into the future but we're trying to take it one day at a time and make sure um, we call them our girls because we have a a staff of of a few and and we want to make sure they have all of their things as well and to make sure our girls are taken care of and our kids are taken care of and and you can get so wrapped up in it. And literally last night, Trey looked at me and he said, but look at what what it could have been and, and how many resources we have. And it's a different kind of fear, but it's also a different world with different resources. And and we had to take a step back and be grateful that we have so many things. And, and we even have more now, I think, because we are so fortunate to have a place where we can walk the neighborhoods and we have a very small pool in our backyard. So if the boys get a little, ah, they can jump in the water and burn off some steam. Right. And, and I think knowing that and being grateful for that sometimes escapes us because they're just, you know, the basic necessities are just always kind of there for so many of us in the world. And and then for those who it's not, I've seen wonderful stories of people reaching out to try to help care for these in our community that cannot and have not. But, but I do think there is an element of appreciation that if we take a moment can help fill that cup, that, that maybe otherwise would become very overwhelming
1: yes I'm you know I'm so glad you brought up um Katrina because I think a lot of us in our area um go back to that place I was I think 14 or 13 whenever Katrina
0: yeah me too no (laughs) and
1: and then it makes me think of the August floods in Louisiana uh, the 2016 floods absolutely you know I don't know if that puts us in a different mindset than other parts of the nation and the world um because we've been through so much and it's literally been situations where we did, like you said, did not have like electricity. You had to escape physical danger. And this is physical danger, but it's very different because there is we're able to stay at home. And if you have a home, that's really great. You know, I recognize there's people in our, you know, in our area that don't have that, which breaks my heart. Um, But, but yeah, the fact that I'm able to have electricity and communication and um, Mm -hmm. toilet
0: paper. (laughs) Right. Okay. And so that's the other thing that has, and and, you know, there's so many memes out there, but it has cracked me up because I think, of all the things, you know, we were we were literally worried about getting water and unfortunately our we're on a city water supply that did not lose all of the ability to do that after Hurricane Katrina. But there I mean literally and Trey and I laughed about it this morning, I said no one would believe that we were but to conserve that water, we were washing clothes in a bathtub, and I said, "No one would ever believe that I washed your clothes in a bathtub." And he goes, "Sister, you not only washed my clothes, but everyone of my friends that lined up and joined it." You know, it, it was such a different time. And. And I do think that, you know, we equate it to the floods and the hurricanes, you're absolutely right. right. But I think, you know, certainly our sisters on the East Coast have had their share of storms and hurricanes, and our sisters on the West Coast have endured the fires of the last year. You know, whatever that looks like for you, and, and yet here we are, and, and it is very, it creates fear and and it's hard to explain because so many of us do have the basic necessities and yet i think because there is there is no control over it and there's not a defined path you know in the wake of a hurricane you you immediately fill the needs fema comes in the state emergency management agencies come in specialists in infrastructure come in and 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 i'm sure the same happens with fires and, and other natural disasters. And and yet in this case, there just seems to be so many challenges on so many fronts, and it's something we can't see. And I think that's the other thing that that is unsettling about it is that you can't see it and feel it and touch it. And and if you do then you have it and that's terrible. I mean I've I've listened to these podcasts that I shouldn't be listening to that are talking about how how scary this virus is and and that also is not helpful, but, but in addition to being appreciative of where we are, and as we, you know, there are only so many closets to clean, right? Like my house is, and, and I, I spring clean naturally every year, and, and twice a year I switch out. I have two closets. One is for fall and one is for spring. What little we have of the change of the seasons. And, and yet, like, there's only so much I can do, <laughs> <laughs> until there's nothing left on the list and then at that point how would you recommend or what would you do to help create calm in our sisters
1: right I think um, you brought up some great points with in terms of um, the in, in other um, tragedies or um stressful things that have happened in our lives we're able to take action um and with this it's very hard to take action if you're not um I don't know I guess if you're not in the medical field or something like that which that is oh my gosh a whole not- I'm sure we have so many sisters who are on the front lines of this thing and shout out um, to however, them you're right I think it when we have this anxiety action is best action is best and um and so you know that could be cleaning, that could be donating, that could be maybe in this case staying at home. You know, as weird as that sounds, that can be an action that you take and decide to stay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be one less person who's being exposed to this, or who maybe is a carrier, symptoms, and and um and not gonna bring it to someone else who's vulnerable. Um, you know, I, I think. Whenever we feel out of control, finding small ways to be in control is super important. Um, and and that looks differently for everyone. It could be going for a walk. It could be exercising at home. Getting in your body I think is super important in those ways of releasing that energy. Um, a few other things might be um, making time to check on your friends. That feels, you know, nice for us um, to to take that action and and be the one to reach out instead of waiting for someone to reach out to you. Um, You know, it could be making sure you're eating breakfast at a routine time and dinner at a routine time. Um, So finding those small things that you have control over um, because with anxiety, that's what we want. We want control, you know, and, and action helps that.
0: Yes. Well, and I love that that you have framed, and I haven't seen it or heard it put that way before, that that staying at home is an action. And it is something that we can control. And, you know, it, it is interesting to me because I have seen so many... Like when I when I take my walks in the morning or my runs, depending on how much control I need to have in that moment, um, you know you see families out and about and they are social distancing. If they don't live in the same house, they are staying with themselves but on the opposite sides of the streets and or bicycle riding. I've seen more children pass by the house on their bicycles and and yet not congregating with other children that aren't in their same household and. And I find that I've never thought of it that staying home is an action because it seems inaction, and yet it is. And it it may very well be what saves maybe not your life because maybe you're someone who is a carrier or who doesn't get very sick by it, but maybe someone else that you would come across. And I think that's, too, a very important point that you make is that we are now seeing that people who are young and otherwise healthy are struggling with this. But then for those that, that will come out the other side of it, well, again, there are so many who will not. And so to take that action to protect them as well, it's not necessarily where we are in it, but where, where we can be to help protect all of the others. And, right. and I think that's an important action to be aware that staying at home is an action and I don't know that I I think people feel very um inactive and and very you know because when we're at home that's that's for many of us a place of rest and yet in this case it's very intentional that you make that choice in the best interest of the general population so that's fascinating so tell me if I may ask what is it that you are doing to like in in your own four walls to Uh to reduce the anxiety and to maintain a little bit of of activity and control
1: yes and like I said earlier it looks different every day however I think because um you know I have a job where I am essential (laughs) so, so that does actually put a lot still on my plate in terms of um keeping my mind busy with that you know um, I, I have to make sure I take care of myself because I am a, a counselor and a therapist to other people. So it's like kind of my job to like always have that self-care <laughs> even, even before um, COVID broke out. You know, th- that was always something that I had to be mindful of. These days, it looks a lot like okay, I'm going to choose to stay home. I'm going to choose to get my groceries delivered instead of going to the store. Um, I'm, I have a privilege that I can do that, you know. Um, it also is, um, I've been tuning into guided meditations. That's an hour, or 20 minutes or an hour of um, listening to someone, you know, me focusing on my breathing and being present in my body. Um, that's been really helpful. It's been going for walks every day. Every day, I have to do that. Um, you know, maybe being a little bit more cleanly the, the clean <laughs> than yeah. I usually want. So making my bed every day and, you know, putting things in the laundry and things like that. Um, just think little things to fill up my day and help me feel like I'm doing something. Um, and I've definitely had those scheduled FaceTime calls with close friends, um, and, and really focused reaching out. And this is just me. It may look different for everyone, but I think because you know, I tend to be a little bit more anxious. You know, that's just in my personality. I've always kind of been an anxious person. I've been, you know, really talking to those friends who are also full of hope and who can be that positive, um, uplifting person. Um, I, I can't be in the doom and gloom too much. It's just not good for me. Right. For some people, that helps them. For some people, they need to look at the existential side of whoa, what does this all mean? And like, what is what? Like, you know,
0: all that Yeah, I'm not that Um,
1: girl. (laughs) Right. I can go there as a person, as a therapist. I have to go there a lot, but um, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good for me right now. So so knowing who to reach out to, I think, you know, um, I think that's important because if, you know, if you have someone in your life who maybe isn't going to bring you to that Place where you want to be. Maybe it's a positive place or a calm place. Um, seek out people who will help you do that. Um, taking a break from social media is is probably helpful too. Um, and maybe looking at the news, um, the news sources that you're you're receiving your information from. Maybe limiting that to one or two sources so that you're not overwhelmed. Um, those are things all. Those are all things I've done, and I and I found that it's been helpful.
0: So tell me, I also use a guided meditation app. I often talk about it. It's called Calm. Tell me what which one you, you would recommend people look at and consider if they think that might be for them. Is there one in particular that you like?
1: Well, actually I don't use an app. There's a person in the Louisiana area. She actually identifies herself as a medium. I don't know what that means.
0: How interesting.
1: Meditations um, she has for the last week or two weeks really. And her name's Nicole Riley and she does it on Facebook Live. Oh, how interesting. I just really like her energy. I like the way she um, speaks and she kind of uses, and I think it depends where you, maybe, um, you know, what you're comfortable with in terms of things like that. You know, some people I know don't like that and others are like, yeah, give me all of the spirituality stuff. Right. Um, but, and and she um but I like she she talks about you know ancestors and you know you know that are the people before us have gone through you know such struggles like we're going through now and I don't know I really dig that so um I, so I tune into her on Facebook live uh, every night
0: and tell <laughs> and, and say her name again so that people who've missed it the first time because every now and then it'll pop out and I don't want people to miss it what is her name again
1: Her name is Nicole
0: Riley. Nicole Riley. Okay. Yes. Now, a couple of fun things to end a rather heavy conversation. What are you reading right now? Oh. Anything you could offer?
1: Yes. Okay. So, I have recently begun reading Man's Search for Meaning, a bit existential. I was about to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is the therapist in me but basically and, and it, it kind of just depends what you're looking for right um, The but it's by Viktor Frankl and I believe um, I just started so I haven't gotten too far into it but the synopsis is he was actually in a concentration camp um, and Amen. he wrote about his experience but how he found freedom even being um, in prison yeah. you know which is very powerful. So I haven't gotten through, but it's one of those books that they say every counselor needs to read this. So I was like, Well now seems like a good time.
0: Absolutely. So what are you binge watching these days?
1: Binge watching Tiger King <laughs> Like
0: everybody else. <laughs> I think I may be the only person who has not watched this television show or or is it on Netflix? Where do we find Tiger King? It's all-
1: it's on Netflix. It's a wild ride. I don't even really know what to say about it. But, um, but but so Tiger King, but also I'd like me a Bravo reality TV show. So okay. Vanderpump Rules has been my other kind of medicine throughout all this.
0: Now, now this is the most important question of the hour. And that is, are you wearing real pants or yoga pants? I'm wearing linen pants. <laughs> because I did read someone... Someone did post it at some point in all of this. Said, ladies, remember once a week to put on some real pants and make sure they're still fitting.
1: That's real. I have to get dressed. I have to get dressed to feel... I mean, it's in comfy clothes, but I have sure. to do that to feel like myself.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. I, I am also still dressing every day, except that I will say that that on this weekend, I tended to be more casual than otherwise maybe I would have been. But I do like the idea of, of getting up and getting dressed every day. I may not have anywhere to be or go, but it does make me feel as if I... I am creating a little bit of normalcy. Maybe that's how I control a little bit. I've also learned which makeup products I love and don't because I've had the chance to play with them, and I'm like, "Oh no, you're out," you know. (laughs) But Marcella, thank you so much. I think normalcy is so important. It is. It is, and for, for whatever it may look like for us, I appreciate so much you joining us today. I think it's really important for our sisters to hear what other people are doing and also to know that we're all in this together and that some days are going to be easier than others and that's okay. And you know, to to quote who I feel like is my dear friend these days when really it's only because I've read her books, um, one of my biggest takeaways from Brene Brown recently was that it's okay to be brave and afraid. So I will toast the bravery and cheer for all of us to get through the afraid part and come out on the other side together. But thank you. And for all of you out there listening, thank you and stay well.